the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made of money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Woo! It's Friday night. <laughs> It is all mine. Glad to be with you guys. Took took a couple of days off. Back in the studio tonight. Hour two, hour dose of tonight's Andrea K show. I got I got to be honest with y'all. I'm, I'm starting to fade a tad from. Uh, Say what? I'm starting to fade a little ta- a, a tad after uh, what I've been going through the past couple of days. So thanks for y'all hanging in there with me. Um, but you know what uh, might get me jazzed up a little bit is some Trump being back in rare form at the Faith and Family Conference. And my man skins here pulled some great clips. I want to hear from you guys, though. 888-344-1170. Trump asked a question today. He had some amazing things to say. He asked a question uh, to everybody there. And... um and the question is, would anybody like me to run for president? And we're going to play the clip in a minute. Uh, and then I want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Do you want Trump to run again? 888-344-1170. Who does Elon Musk want to run for president? And he gave a very interesting response that we're going to share with you guys. But, uh, uh, well, first of all, I got to bring in my man here before hour two, the guy who found all these amazing clips for me today. Um, it's DJ Potato Skins. Anything you want to say? Yeah, just that this is the Trump that if this is the Trump that is going to run for president, if he does run for president, this is the guy I would vote for. He needs to be just like this and each and every day. He needs to come out. He needs to speak out. This is the man. Yep. All right. Well, here's him posing the question. Clip nine. One of the most urgent tasks facing the next Republican president. I wonder who that will be. I left the applause in for a fact. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Standing O, probably. I didn't see it, but no doubt that's standing O level stuff. Thank you very much. Can That's I pause for nice. just a second? I appreciate it. I just had a flash. And I want to be. D- did Joe Biden at any point ever in his run for president or since he's been president ever get that kind of reaction? I, think this from is, I can recreate what we heard at the Biden rallies. <laughs> and that was Jill. <laughs> that was the. <laughs> Right. I I just had a flash about that. I mean, this is what seven years after he came down the escalators. Right. Let's continue. Am I allowed to cry like Adam Kinzinger? (laughs) I still haven't figured out if his crying is real. Hard to believe it's real. 
Would anybody like me to run for president? Okay, does that end? I'm ready. Good morning. That's very nice. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow, that's really nice. I appreciate it. Do y'all share that? 888-344. Are you ready for him to get back in there? And I told you before the, before the show, Andrea, people have said, oh, you know, he's not going to put his family through it again. I don't think because Trump doesn't like to look bad. Trump doesn't say something like this unless he's sincerely almost made the decision. Hey, I'm, I'm running. I think he can't declare it right now because he doesn't know what might be, you know, coming his way. And I, and I also think, um, I think a couple of things. Um, I think that it's probably smart. I mean, you know, why declare now? Why not continue? What he can do right now is continue to be um, a hit maker. His endorsements still work. He can can continue to wow a crowd. Um, I think from a strategy standpoint, it might, you know, it's, it's a long way away. There's other people. If he, if he were to declare right now, he would suck all the oxygen out of any of the races for the midterms. Oh, I agree. And, and I'm not saying that he should. I'm just saying he wouldn't say something like this unless eventually he is going to say yes. Right. I'm running. Here's some other incredibly, I mean, he was back. Uh, you had said to me earlier, some of the comments he made today, some of the ones that you pulled was that this guy, some of the rallies that we saw going, uh, uh, you know, um, into into last fall and the spring. I, I really didn't think he was at his best. He wasn't. He wasn't. He, wasn't. he was off his game, even though he continued to have amazing crowds. Um, the clips from today, it's like Trump's back. And he had some really interesting comments to say about the Jan 6 committee. Uh, clip six. The committee is taking the testimony of witnesses who defended me for eight hours, chopping it up and truncating sound bites to make it sound like what they said was absolutely terrible. But it's remember, it's also the people that weren't allowed to even testify that wanted to. A lot of people wanted to go and testify about what they saw and how crooked it was. Meanwhile, the committee refuses to play any of the tape of people saying the good things, the things that we want to hear. It's a one-way street. It's a rigged deal. It's a disgrace, and it's never happened in the history of our country where we didn't have any, we have no representation. They say, oh, they have Republicans. Who are they? Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, the crier. He cries every time he speaks. This guy's got a mental disorder. He cries every time this guy gets up to speak. He starts crying. I said, there's something wrong with that guy. These are our representatives. That's why they refused to release the full video or the transcripts, because we had so many beautiful statements. They have no they want nothing to do with them. They want nothing to do with them. I get uh, after these amazing clips today, and we've got a couple more to play for you guys. I get a text message that comes through from a number I don't recognize that says this. Bold letters, caught red-handed. 
Liz Cheney, bold letters, exposed Trump's January 6th crimes on live TV. Dot, dot, dot. But he's still predicted to win the presidency in 2024. Next word, bold letters, no, double exclamation point. Then bold letters, sign the petition, stand with Liz Cheney to invoke the 14th Amendment and ban Trump from office. That's the plan. That's the plan. At the open of the show last hour with this incredibly dismal, the worst economic conditions I think that I can remember in my lifetime, at least as an adult, I'm sure, you know, because, you know, during my lifetime was the whole Jimmy Carter. You know, but, you know, I don't have any awareness. I, mean, I grew that. up under Reaganomics. Yeah. Um, the worst economic conditions we've got right now, they're trying to pull this crap to distract away from the the destruction of this country from the left with the, you know, the in, in occupant of the White House. We've got uh, the the Clintons coming out today saying that the democracy is on the brink. Like as if anybody listen, it, it, you know, gives a crap what uh, Hillary and Bill have to say. So the, the, in, it was meant to accomplish two things. Some conservatives make it be all just about stopping Trump. No, it's not. It's about trying to. Um, they can, They will not. Will not. Do what they know needs to be done to turn this economy around. Instead, they've got to distract you with thinking that the entire country is at risk and the January 6th committee is trying to save it. It's about distraction from you. It's about instilling fear in you when the real threat to our, our, first of all, we're a republic of states. We're not a democracy. But the real threat is them. They're always guilty of whatever they accuse Trump or MAGA being about. But it is true. That the future of our country is at stake. And the reason why they're so desperate to try to stop him from running again is because they are tra- desperate to stop the MAGA movement, which is about keeping this country or actually not keeping it because we're no longer really the constitutional republic we were. We were already far down the road to communism. And Trump was the huge bump on the road to it. And they're desperate to try to cut off the head of the snake so that they can try to get rid of the MAGA movement. And you can tell by that crowd cheering the MAGA movement's alive and well. Not 30 every, seconds plus standing ovation. Not everybody wants Trump to run again. Uh, there's a part of me that does, um, but he, he made some grave mistakes that I need him to address. As you and I talk about on the show quite frequently, it is all, it's about which Trump we get. Yeah. Um, I kind of like this Trump. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it, well, he's back in, in the same, this, the, the, the Trump speech of today and some of the things he was saying today is the Trump. He's back. That is the the campaigner that we fell in love with in 15. I think he needed this break away from the, the White House being in that position, being inside. There must be something about being inside the swamp and being surrounded by swamp dwellers. And they're doing this and niggling in your ear all day long, nibbling in your ear all day long. And he's kind of outside of it again. He's back now being an outsider. That's his comfort zone. It's been a process for him. Yeah, he's in his comfort zone of being an outsider. But so that part of him is back. I need him to now be a little bit different in another area. Now that he's back to being the outsider, he needs to go completely outsider. And that means to stop his involvement at all with anybody related to the establishment. He probably needs to, if he's going to run, he needs to announce it immediately on the heels of the midterms. And then what he needs to do is start amassing his cabinet. 
and presenting that to the American people. Show the American people who you're going to bring in that don't have anything to do with anybody currently in the U.S. government at the federal level. We cannot have that. He cannot back. I will not back a Donald J. Trump that would ever, ever put another Bill Barr back in as attorney general. I can't back another Trump that won't admit that Christopher Ray was a mistake and that he would not fire him day one. Because if Trump's not going to get rid of the swamp, then then really he's not going to get anything done. You have to get rid of the swamp. You have to be prepared to drain the deep, the deep state and fire people en masse day one and have a machine behind you. You have to be willing to do that because because it's not going to be enough. Here's some comments he made on uh, Mitch McConnell that were absolutely dead on. This is clip one. You had to send them. He's the old broken down crow, bad guy, bad politician. He wanted my endorsement. He was getting his ass kicked. The people of Kentucky like Donald Trump, and I like them. And I was leading by a lot, and he came to see me. He was losing by two to somebody named Amy McGrath, a good politician. She had $93 million ready to go. He's down by two, and he's going to go down all the way, and he comes over to see me, and he practically begs me for an endorsement. And would I do a television commercial for him? I didn't like him that much. But I helped him out, and I got him elected by more votes than he ever got before. And I totally got him elected. He would have lost. In retrospect, I wish I ran somebody in the primary against him, but I still would rather have him probably than a Democrat, barely. Um, coming out hard against Mitch McConnell, but learn from it. Learn from it, you know, and, and, I, and it sounds like he kind of is learning from it. He, in hindsight, I should have primaried. Yeah. There is no it, it there's no future for this country if we don't get rid of the uniparty swamp dwellers that are insistent on keeping control over us with their jackboot their their throats around our their hands around our throats. Because the Mitch McConnells and the Liz Cheneys and the Adam Kinzingers and the majority of those establishment Republicans are on board with the communization of America. Um, and that includes Mike Pence, clip two. But I never called Mike Pence a wimp. I never called him a wimp. Mike Pence had a chance to be great. He had a chance to be, frankly, historic. But just like Bill Barr and the rest of these weak people, Mike, and I say it sadly because I like him, but Mike did not have the courage to act. Bill Barr was afraid of certain things, and you know what they were. Please don't impeach me. Don't impeach me, Bill Barr. Please. I said, what's wrong with being impeached? I got impeached twice, and my poll numbers went up. (laughs) I don't want to be impeached, sir. I don't want to be impeached. That's hilarious. But I think he's a little off, though. There's... I don't think it was fear-based from the sense of being afraid. Bill Barr is not afraid. He just didn't. He, he He's a swamp dweller. He wanted his position as part of the establishment to, to remain. And that's a problem. So I wish I wish Trump had just gone on and said, uh, I will next. Well, see, he can't really say who he would put because he hasn't announced his, his candidacy, his candidacy yet. Um one of the things he did say that I thought um, was so important, which is one of the reasons why, uh, and we didn't pull the clip from this, but that's okay, because um, we got to take a break in a moment. But one of the things that he said today that was so important 
that is one of the reasons why the left is so scared of him and so scared of MAGA is because of what he said that represents MAGA. He says, we don't worship government. We worship God. Oh, yeah. I searched for this clip and it's not available yet. That was a great statement. Yep. Um. He said, uh, this is from, I think this is from Newsmax, calling freedom of speech and religion the most important of all. Uh, Trump denounced the, quote, merciless assault um, from the radical left and declaring we don't worship government, we worship God. That in and of itself is really where if our government is on the brink from... The left wants to say that we're on the brink of losing our democracy thanks to Trump and MAGA um, and the Jan 6 people. No, it's them. And what's at the crux of it? The cultural Marxist, this country was founded on the idea that our, com- our rights come from God, not from man. And the left has been doing everything they can with their Marxists and their communists for many years in this country to try to destroy the fabric of our nation, to try to replace God with state. That's the crux of it. He hit the nail on it there. So we have a battle for the hearts and the minds and the soul of this nation. And they've done a really great job by 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 taking God from society and destroying our Judeo-Christian principles and values in which this country was founded. And you look at what they're doing to our children. Is there any greater example of the disease, the cancer, the disgusting communist movement in this country and the assault on the soul of uh, and God uh, and our country and our values than trying to go to three-year-olds and convince them to destroy their bodies. You know what? And this sounds, again, far-fetched, Andrea, but, but it's always a slippery slope. Before you know it, they're going to be wanting to inoculate just-born babies. Inoculate? Um, With the jab. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's younger and younger and younger, and they will not stop. Listen, their their um, their push for power in this country is so deep. They do not care. They, they there was a time where I thought I knew when I studied communism and Marxism that 100 to 200 million people had been killed in the quest for communism. I never thought I would see it go down in my country, and it is. There's no end. There is no life that they will not destroy. People should, power. should heed the warning from people coming from communist countries and they've seen it and they're here mm-hmm. and they're scared because That's they right. see it happening again. That's right. And he's right. Freedom of speech, which includes our religious freedoms, is really where it's all about. And we're going to take a break. We come back. Speaking of that, we got to talk some free speech involving Twitter. Everybody was all like, yeah, Elon Musk is taking over Twitter. What a win for us. Is it really? Project Veritas has a little video, a little audio that went leak, leaky, leaky on Elon Musk. And we'll share that with you when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Next segment, we're actually going to be talking about Top Gun Maverick and China. Now, what would Top Gun Maverick, the movie, have to do with breaking news today coming out of China? DJ Taterskins and I are going to break it down, share it with y'all. Um, okay, before the break, we were talking about Trump playing some uh, really great clips from him today as he was at the Faith and Family Conference. 
and um, asking the crowd that just it just lit them up about who who wanted him to run for question uh, for for president. <laughs> um, the question was asked of Elon Musk, who would likely be his choice for president in 2024. And I was really surprised by this, Guns. Really surprised. I think, uh, you know, and again, we're going to say some other things about Musk here in a moment, but I think everything when it boils down to it and he sees what's going on on both sides of the equations, he's obviously a very smart guy. I think he knows that the future of this country is at stake and he knows where that vote lies. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he um, on June 15th, he was asked and he said he's leaning towards voting for Florida uh, Governor Ron DeSantis for president in 2024. Um, and he also went on to say he predicted that a red wave is coming in 2022. Um, he said it remains to be determined whether he will vote for Republican for president when asked who he's leaning for. Musk replied DeSantis. He had gone on to say that um, that in the past he had primarily voted uh, for Democrats um, I think he said something along the lines of, um, oh, yeah, the first time he ever voted for Republican was Mayra Flores, who was the Hispanic gal who just destroyed the competition in, in a Florida, uh, in a Texas uh, race uh, on the midterms, on the primaries last week. So that is interesting because for you to want DeSantis, you've got to be somebody who's paying attention to all the different cultural Marxist issues and understand that uh, how the left used COVID. Because you think about what DeSantis represents. He represents a, a hard pushback, um, offensive pushback against the left on things not just related to economic issues, but most importantly, he's most noted for pushing back on the as on the offense for things related to cultural Marxist issues. I would say most people that would vote for DeSantis that aren't like I'm voting for a Republican, you're going to have a vote that's very calculated on several different issues. And obviously Musk is paying attention. Yeah. So what do you think? For me, when I think of DeSantis, I think about how he pushed back against the nonsense going on with COVID. He and, and you know what? He admitted that he made a mistake going on with the lockdowns. He pulled back on that. He has been aggressive and going against the schools for the crap that they're teaching kids. He's been aggressive. He went against Disney when they tried to influence uh, the state and what was going on in the state with the schools. He was like, okay, we're done giving you your special privileges as as though you've got your own little government going on down there. And so to me, DeSantis represents somebody that gets what's going on with the left and and understands the second, third and the fourth level implications of what they're trying to do to this country. And he's like, it ain't happening here. And he does it immediately as soon as he's either does it proactively or the second they start making a move on something on, on the left, he goes ahead and, and pulls the he trigger speak about it. He does it. He do, and he yes, he does it. And he does it immediately. There's none of this. I'm going to talk about how I'm a tough talk about how he's going to do something a year from now. Oh, no. He doesn't. In fact, you don't even hear him say anything about it until he's coming to the microphone to sign something into law. And this is where and again, maybe he'll prove us wrong. I, I hope Trump does. because I, I like what, what he stands for when he's right on. This is why I would vote for DeSantis over Trump. Yeah. Now, what gets odd, though, about Musk 
is that, you know, you can't be somebody who appreciates DeSantis and not appreciate freedom because they're, they go absolutely hand in hand. And yet on the, in the Project Veritas recording that was leaked, uh, he, Elon Musk did a quote all hands meeting with Twitter employees and they pressed him on free speech. And his answer was, quote, I think there's also there's freedom of speech and freedom of reach. So I think people should be allowed to say pretty outrageous things that are within the balance, the law, but but then they don't, you know, get amplified. Um, I'd like to know more about what he he means. That could be taken a couple of different ways. Well, uh, how how do you stop something? They but then they don't, you know, get amplified. So what else could it mean except for the fact that they're going to continue doing the practice of shadow banning to where you think you're expressing yourself and you are, you're just expressing it, not realizing that nobody's going to hear it. Nobody's going to read it. Now, does, you know, I, the only benefit of the doubt we could possibly give to that statement is he, is that he's telling people in this meeting, and of course the sale hasn't gone through. He's telling them, you know, he's kind of placating them, could be. Um, the only way that you could possibly interpret that as a positive is that he could be placating them because he's, uh, you know, thinking he's being vague. Um, in a response to a question about his plans to make Twitter more open and focused on free speech, he said, I think it's essential to have free speech. Oh, that was already a part of it. Um, he said that also uh, he when discussing the media, he stated that traditional news media is often, quote, negative and that publications almost never get the stories correct. Uh, he added he wanted Twitter to be more over, uh, inclusive overall, saying, quote, I think an important goal for Twitter would be to try to include as as much of the country as much as of the world as possible so there's that all right we're gonna take a break we come back he's playing this music because he wants to get me into the next segment so he can talk about top gun maverick have y'all seen it 888-344-1170 you're listening to the andrea k show on the answer san diego welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show box office gold. I mean gold. Top Gun Maverick. You know, back uh, for many years, this movie Top Gun, the the original movie Top Gun, the new one being Top Gun Maverick, kind of was like considered to be just totally cheese, right? Like can't be cheesy, but a classic. Can't be cheesy and a classic, right? And who would have thought that almost forty years later? that the sequel to it, if you will, would be one of the most successful movies of of all time. And particularly coming off of COVID in which, you know, it changed one of the one of the purposes of the commies and their COVID crackdowns was to change our culture, right? They wanted us to be comfortable locked down inside of our homes and and not getting out and having everybody become streamers and all this kind of stuff. And so I wasn't sure if if America would be back going to movie theaters at all to the degree that is going on, let alone people be going to see a movie two, three, four. A friend of mine has seen it at least five times. I've seen it three times going again this weekend. Wow. Yeah. 
So uh, Skins came across um, somebody that I know, actually. I wouldn't necessarily call him a friend, but somebody in in media named Steve. He's spot on here. Yeah, Steve Gruber, who is on uh, Real America's Voice. And I hadn't really talked about the movie in part because I hadn't seen it. And I finally saw it last night. And I'm going to share my thoughts on it in a minute. But I I want to, Steve Gruber, thank you for finding this clip because I thought he did a great job of actually explaining why, in part, uh, there's there's two clips from him ex- explaining this phenomenon that is this movie and why it's more than just about entertainment. Skins, please play uh, clip 7-1. I'm starting today, however, with a classic. Top Gun Maverick, the return of American pride in filmmaking, set box office records over the Memorial Day holiday weekend. The film brought in more money than any Tom Cruise movie opening ever, ever. The box office estimates were crushed both here and worldwide, and that is saying a lot. It's Tom Cruise. And this is by far the biggest warning of all for mealy-mouthed politicians and feckless weasels of all stripes everywhere. Rhinos, Democrats, and socialists. That in November, it's American pride that will be returning. It will be Americans reawakening and taking back our country. And it is American pride that has driven the very rare A-plus rating for the brand new Top Gun film. A sequel, 36 years in the making. And he's spot on, Andrea, because you know what? After three times of seeing it, I can tell you for a fact, other than the emotional scenes that people know about when they when they see it, I was grinning ear to ear. And the only word that I can express about what this film does to me as an American, it gives me hope. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it... I didn't really know what to think in terms of I, I when Top Gun the first Top Gun came out this, some of the criticisms was that it was a military recruitment film. He, there was that was at a time in which we were just starting to see more a, a little bit of anti-Americanism coming in um because I'm thinking at the time what's wrong with so what what's you know what's wrong with a That's movie a yeah what's wrong with a movie that makes people want to join the military right um so that there was some criticism uh, uh, of that and um so I didn't really know what to expect in terms of we've become so um, anti-American that the left had done such a masterful job of seizing control of everything related to our entertainment in this country, whether it's gaming, TV, commercials, cartoons, children's books, um, particularly, you know, um, TV shows, movies that I had really lost my love for the cinema. And, and so I didn't really know what to expect. I, I was almost kind of like, is it really going to be that great? You know, and, and was it really something that had to do with our culture or what, or were people enjoying it just because the movies had gone, gone to such crap lately that nobody, nobody's writing good movies and good content anymore. But it actually was the first just great pro American movie that I've seen in a long time. And I don't want to give anything away, but it wasn't just that it was pro American that was great it's it's it would manage to be pro-american without pushing any kind of agenda on anybody. no agenda and the amount of screen time that woke actually appears is zero seconds zero and what was also pro-american about it for me was not even just the use of the military and what you know what what goes on in a typical you know movie like this that you would imagine because we're not going to give anything of the story away to those of you who haven't seen it um, but, you know, if it's a sequel to a movie that was about the U.S. Navy and Navy pilots and stuff, you can imagine 
that, you know, it's, you know, a pro-American from a sense of military, but I also found it pro-American from a cultural standpoint. To me, it represented this country, too, based upon how we used to behave in this country before the cultural Marxist and the division, the divisiveness, the identity politics through its nastiness and its cancel culture, um, you know, the, the vitriol. And you'll, you'll know what become, I mean when I say this. It's American wholesome. It's American wholesome. And that was absolutely incredible. Steve Gruber also went on to talk about um, what was going on 36 years ago when the first Top Gun came out and a little bit of the transition in our country. Um, let's please play clip 7-2. Some background about the world back then, during better times. In 1986, when Top Gun was released, America was strong and proud and getting stronger all the time. We'd finally put the disastrous presidency of Jimmy Carter into the history books. We were looking forward with optimism. Ronald Reagan was in the White House, and he was busy putting American strength on display for the whole world to see. And American pride was on the world stage, too, right along with him. President Reagan, you see, he didn't apologize for America. He loved her far too much for that. And he challenged the villains of the world directly. No, President Reagan didn't apologize. Instead, he declared our dedication to freedom and the United States Constitution and to liberty for all people. He knew the stakes were high, very high, and he stood firm. Listen. For we believe that freedom and security go together, that the advance of human liberty, the advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. And speaking of that, Andrea, mm-hmm. did you notice in the movie, this, this spoils nothing, there's actually on the Tom Cruise bomber jacket, there's a Taiwan patch. Mm-hmm. And they were asked, as a, as a movie whole, they were asked to remove it, otherwise it might not be shown in China. And the producers told the Chinese government, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. That's pro-America right there. Absolutely pro-America right there. And speaking of China, we need to have some pro-America mindset right now and pro-military mindset. And we need and we need our military to have a pro-America and pro-military mindset. And you want to know why? Because we might be looking at war with China. They unveiled you an aircraft carrier that rivals anything we got out right now right now. And that's something that's also in Top Gun, too. It shows that America, uh, 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 technology-wise... Okay, is, we don't want to give the story away. We spoil anything, but, you know, we're technologically behind on the ball. Yeah, we are. So, it's not anti-military, but it's a reminder, this movie is a reminder of the fact that we have enemies out there that want to kill us, that want to destroy us and, and, and destroy this, this our nation and exert power over the rest of the world. And we must have a military that has the mindset of destroy the enemy and the enemy being another country and it doesn't go into this politics but it's a reminder that we need a military that's got of the mindset that they're willing to risk their lives and they understand that the future of this country rests in in the bravery and the courage of those willing to risk their life to go around the world and kill the bad guys and stop these other uh, nation states that want to destroy us right instead of having a u.s military like we've got right now going on with these uh at the upper chain of command in the pentagon that sees the average American as the, the I'll just say it 
if it, right now they're pushing this diversity, equity, inclusion, this transient, this anti-white privilege crap that's not going to take a, out any bad guy around the world or any bad nation state. It's just not going to do it. China right now, in fact, I think we've got a clip. This is uh, GOP Representative Walsh. Walsh, who's saying our intelligence community is saying Xi Jinping is telling China to prepare for war with the U.S. Clip four. This is our intelligence community's opinion is heading towards some type of, of, of conflict. Uh, Chairman Xi of, of China is telling his country to prepare for war. Uh, he is telling his military to be ready to defeat the United States military by 2027. And they are putting the place pieces in place, namely outbuilding us in ships five to one, uh, while the, the Biden administration retires more ships uh, than, it, than it's building. Uh, and as long as Z is determined, he sees it as a key part of his legacy. And his defense minister just said this week that China will fight to the bitter end. Uh, it will never stop until it takes Taiwan. That's right. So this movie could not have come at a better time, too. So, and it might seem like that Taiwan patch thing on, on the jacket is a small thing. No, that's a very big thing. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. So there were a lot of statements in this movie that might have seemed subtle that really weren't. And um, it's it's just, it feels really good to see a movie that, first of all, doesn't shove any more woke nonsense down our throats in the form of a crap sandwich. There was none, nothing woke about it, no agenda pushing. But at the same time, it makes you proud to be an American. And it reminds us of what this country was really founded on and the best of the best in this country. And that's those that in our all volunteer force that are willing to risk their lives uh, to preserve our freedoms and to preserve and protect and defend the greatest country in the history of the world. We're going to take a break. We come back here of the week and stink of the week. 888-344-1170. You got a hero of the week or a stink of the week you want to share with me? Give us a call. 888-344-1170. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Wrapping up our Friday night show here with Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Skins, you got a hero in the stink for us? Uh, yeah, they actually kind of go almost hand in hand. Uh, my Hero of the Week, as I told you, you weren't going to guess it, goes off of a little bit about what we just talked about. I want to put up as Hero of the Week the producers of the movie Top Gun Maverick for when political pressure got hot for them and having to maybe change the movie, at least maybe for an international release. They didn't do it. They put the movie out. They wanted to put out because it sent a message. And they basically just told the other countries of the world, if you don't like it, too bad. This is the movie we're going to show. Okay. That, right. that In today's day and age, I think that's huge. Yeah, um, because they're willing to lose some money um, for a decision to stay. And just based off of interviews I've heard, it's not a yes, of course, they want to make money. But ultimately, it's not about the money for them. They want to make a movie that everybody enjoys. Yeah. And they held off. I mean, this movie was filmed years ago and they held off on um, releasing it until they got past COVID. Um, you know, Tom Cruise, I, I, I'm not sure. Obviously, we don't know his contract. We don't know what he was going to get on the back right. end. But delaying the release of it is is a risky move. 
that they did. They didn't want to go the streaming route. They said people need to enjoy this in the theater. Right. And one of the things I did like about uh, this movie is I like how they, instead of going to the actual Top Gun school up in Fallon, they actually shot it here in San Diego. San Diego. And um, I, that was nice for us down here in San Diego. Got a stink? I do. Um Biden and and his people are deflecting and lying. They say, if you go over to Newsmax, Biden says that the recession, hey, it's not inevitable. We can stop this. That's a flat out lie. Mm -hmm. It's it's going to happen. Economists are saying it's just a matter of when, not if. And Americans are saying, you know what? It's already here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think a runner up. I I, honestly, I, I actually since I was under the weather and having a little bit of a health issue the past few days, I kind of dialed out of um, the news. And, I, and I'm and i sitting here thinking, I can't think of a hero. I can't think of another hero. Um, hmm. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I did hear the other day that um, Miss, the Miss Universe pageant, some of these gals were asked. Now, Miss Universe, quite frankly, is not the same as Miss America. It's not a scholarship pageant. So we don't necessarily expect anything intelligent from these gals. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's who looks the best in a bikini, right? But I got to give them maybe some props. Um, not this isn't hero worthy, but uh, to see these women actually um, say that not, uh, you know, that um Women aren't the only people that can have their periods at a time in which we've got a tampon shortage. Just gave me a chuckle. And at a time in which I needed a chuckle the past couple of days. <laughs> Thank you for the laughs, ladies. Um, not quite the laughs that I got from Biden calling um, a civil rights activist <laughs> Karen Nagasaki. You know what? That may be my hero of the week. Can I make I don't know if you still have that clip, but him. Do you have it? Oh, my gosh. Please play. Play this. Okay, so the other day he's introducing two Karens at the White House, both of which are civil rights activists, and they're both Asian. And he refers to one one of them as Karen Nagasaki. Why didn't he just call her Karen Hiroshima? (laughs) You don't have to find it. That's okay. Uh, Did you find it? I'm always putting skins on the spot last minute, trying to make him do, call up some clips. You know what? Find us and all of it's an embodiment of so many of you here today. Leaders in civil rights like Karen Nagasaki <laughs> and uh, and Karen uh, Komatsu. Where, where, are, where are the Karens? There you go. It's just as funny to me now as it was three days ago. Biden, I never thought you'd be my hero of the week, but I had such a crappy week. That makes makes never saw that one coming. Never saw it coming. But anybody that can crack me up like that is a hero in my book. And my stink is the baby and child killers in Fauci's office and the FDA. All right. Love you all. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back for Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks, Bob Walters, the listeners and callers. Love you all. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.